Hey everybody, welcome back to another show with Vinny Fisher and Total CEO. Hey, you know, I'll tell you, I'm on this thing right now where like I see all kinds of people who are so discouraged at the what point of the year we're in where they're not meeting their goals. And I'll tell you, I'm on this thing where it's like, have you looked at your habits you've established in your life and then evaluate whether or not you're really hitting your goals and then criticize whether your habits are good or bad ones? It's not that you do or don't have them. It's that they're good or they're bad habits. Well, I'm going to dig into that subject a little bit today because I love one of my favorite things that you all know we talk about is hiring and you know I believe in people over systems, right? So with good people, if you give them better systems, you'll excel. Well, my guest today is all about building an A team. And so I want to welcome Scott Wintrip to the to the line. Welcome to the show, Scott. I'm so glad to be with you, Vinny. All right, awesome. Hey Scott, so real quick before we dive into anything, I want to let people know that uh, where quickly they can find you. And so we have two ways to do that. You have your own consulting group called the Wintrip Consulting Group.com. And then what we're going to talk about during the show today is how they can get lead access to you and quick access to you. And they can go to highvelocitytraining.com. Is that right? Actually, last word, hiring. Highvelocityhiring.com. Highvelocityhiring.com. Better than training, by the way. Training is a secondary thing. we got to hire them first, right? So, Scott, you heard my intro where I talked about this idea of habits and goals and well, I'll tell you, no worse than in the hiring processes where I see this screwed up a lot, where people have a goal to do something in their talent and don't have any habits working towards that process. Before I get into that fun subject with you a little bit and talk to you about best practices to overcome some of that um, burden in your business, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, so you and I were talking early on. I, I grew up in Northeast Ohio. <clears throat> I know you hail from Northeast Ohio. I never set out to be a hell. I just live here. I'm a New Yorker, but I live here now. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So that even speaks more of why you you picked a beautiful place to end up. (laughs) So uh, I never set out to be a hiring expert. Uh, I actually went to Kent State University to be a music education and music theory major. And along the way, I stumbled across hiring. I walked into a temporary agency to, you know, make some beer money. And uh, I was fascinated by the whole concept that you could help people with one of the most important parts of their lives and help companies with the most important assets. So it stuck with me. I wasn't really enjoying music, so I pursued the hiring path, and I've been doing that for 30 years. Uh, I focus on eliminating hiring delays and building talent-rich companies because I see the difference that makes. You have the right people doing the right habits. Amazing things kind of position. Yeah, so you know, one of the quotes I, I there are there are amazing statistics. You know, I don't think we do enough research anymore about the real facts that exist in business. One of mm-hmm. them is always compelling to me, and you know this one, so I'll just share it for our audience. The number three reason why small businesses fail is for wrong members on the team. Mm. Or if you looked into that statistic more missing members on the team, which falls into the wrong member. You know, 33% of businesses fail for wrong team members. And so your goal is to take a big shot at eradicating uh, or substantially reducing that number. So where do you start? Like, here's the thing. Like, I hear this all the time in business where someone gets burned by somebody. Hmm. Business grows. Because the worst thing, by the way, the number two killer in business is cash flow. 
And the number one killer to cash flow is too much payroll. So what we do to overcorrect, y'all hear fine entrepreneurs, a lot of our guests listening to this show will say, I don't want a big company. I don't want people on the team. I want to run something where I don't have team. So we're, you're fighting a whole bunch of what I call divorced people and baggage that come in with business. So where do you start? So it starts with mindset because you, you hit on something key, Vinny, is, is this whole slow to, mi- slow to hire mindset that has existed for a very long time is rooted in fear, fear of getting it wrong. Somebody's been burned in the past. This is why two rounds of interviews to hire somebody grew to three to four to five. I'm now hearing some size, big to small, engaging in spin. interviews before they're all few uh, uh, remember her she's the one who said ain't nobody got time for that top talented people they don't have time for a long fearful process so the slow to hire mindset doesn't work so we have to address the mindset first because an empty seat it's kind of like an open wound it's a painful distraction and now the manager has to do three jobs their job the job of hiring and covering for the person that's gone yeah. now we've got a distracted leader so it just makes no sense in this fast-paced world to be slow to hire. So we have to start by changing our mindset. And the I'll tell you, Scott, on that fast. subject, you know, I'm, uh, I don't know, I might, I'm somewhere close. We're about to cross the 2,000 employee mark in my career here in the last mm. 10 years. And I actually used to talk like that, slow to hire, quick to fire. I actually no longer feel like you about this idea of slow or quick to hire as long as we and my team agree that when we made the mistake, we are quick to fire. I don't know how I feel about quick or fast on the front. Because, by the way, you can find that right connection really quickly. But, man, we strike out too, right? Don't we, like, don't we, like, make mistakes? We think it's good. We're, we're, we think we're a decent interviewer. But we're going to screw up. And so my philosophy is adap- adapted to being quicker to hire as long as I have an a, a obligation to my organization that we have to uh, be compassionate and let the wrong people go quickly. Oh, you and I are so much on the same page. One of the greatest acts of compassion is letting somebody get on with their life when we no longer fit each other, whether that's a marriage or an employment marriage, mm. either one. Yeah. And so how do you get someone to, because the other side of hiring slow is so people are out of their mind afraid to let people off the team, right? They want to keep giving them second chances. So the first thing you got to deal with is this idea that you can move along quickly to hire somebody. How do you deal with, there's another anchor in there in that mindset where I'm a, I, I can't, I'm responsible for their economy. I can't let them go. Well, I'm responsible for their economy. Uh, I, I can say no, uh, they're not. Uh, you're only responsible for doing your part as a leader. You can't control the quality of the work that somebody else is doing. You can only afford them the opportunity to get the job done, support them in doing that, educating them to do that, and then holding them responsible for doing that work. That's the job of a leader. Any more than that, I'm becoming codependent. And again, going between marriage yeah. and, and employment, yeah. And a codependent marriage doesn't work. A codependent employment marriage doesn't work either. So, okay. So let's say we, we, we kind of have Vinny's mindset at least, well, let's be careful here because this mind's a unique, broken, weird mind. But let's say we got it mostly in line where I believe that I can hire quickly 
And as long as I'm compassionate and when I make mistakes and strike out, we part ways. Let's say I've got that rooted. Where do you start somebody? So one of the first places I start to help them really cement this is we have conversations about the on-demand economy. We look at how fast things have gotten. A lot of our cues and information about how we hire fast is how it's done in the on-demand economy. We can learn from that. If we look at Amazon, for example, you know, they don't wait until customers order products to procure the products, put them on the shelves, and then deliver them weeks later. No, they've anticipated demand. They've looked at buying patterns. They understand what are the core products that customers want to buy. They get that ahead of time. They put that on the shelf, and they have a fulfillment mechanism, whether it's Amazon Now in two hours or Amazon Prime in two days, where they can deliver and meet those needs quickly. So are you having this discussion to talk about whether or not we would hire um, and have relationship that's outsourced versus in the building? Is that why we're having this on-demand discussion? Because hiring someone in the building, getting them in the door, that, that's a process. Getting them in and out is, is inertia. It takes energy. So mm-hmm. with this on-demand discussion, are you talking about like we could, we could have labor, different parts of the world, fill our needs for inside the building? Is that where you're going with some of that? Well, we could go that way, and that fits in certain positions, especially when the need is scalable and it changes and it flexes over time. But as you and I both know, there are certain positions that taking them outside aren't going to work. You need that internal collaborator. So it's actually a conversation that's about both, Vinny, is we can look to the outside, but I want to focus now on the inside because that's harder for most people. Yeah. We can do the same thing. Just like Amazon procures the product that's available for the customers, we can procure people before we need them. We can start with one of the most important roles. I call it a core role. Let's assume it's a sales role in an organization. I can get all of the openings filled, and then I can start cultivating the people before I need them because it's not going to be a surprise. We're going to need some at some point. And that's my stockpile. I call it a talent inventory. If I line a couple of them up before I need them, when a job opens, it's not an empty seat. It's a filled job because I had a couple people ready to go. And so you're talking about like mentoring and discipleship or kind of like relationship building? Like what are you referring to there? Like, like people don't sit on the bench and wait for a paycheck. So re- bring us into what you mean by that. <laughs> well, and I'm glad, now we're getting to the specifics. You know, this is the one question I get is why is anybody going to sit on the sidelines? You know, do I have to pay them while they're sitting on the sidelines? No, smart people always are looking for their next opportunity. They're yeah. putting, you know, opportunities in the bank. So I want currently working people who are open to something better. I want people who are happy, whom I could make happier. So if I've got two or three people currently working and I'm cultivating them two weeks from now, two months, two years from now, they could become my employee. So I don't have to pay them. I just have to manage the relationship. And smart people, they're going to want to have those opportunities ready when they need them. So the impatience of the entrepreneur is bringing in the impatient entrepreneur's head. Where once I find this guy or gal who just seems like such a great fit, this idea of being patient and endure and rightful timing, while that's all biblical and I love it, man, is that hard. Well, here's the beautiful thing. As one impatient person to another, I'm guessing. (laughs) In fact, let me just say this as a side note. I said to my wife last year, I think I'm getting more patient. She laughed. She said, no, honey, you just learned learned to manage your impatience a little bit better. And she's right. Yeah. There's a time for patience. And and if now's not the the right time for me to bring that person in, I don't have to bring them in. But look, I find a really stellar person. 
I can create a role if I want to. I'm the CEO. I'm the entrepreneur. Or, you know, we can upgrade our talent. I find a really good person and they're better than somebody I have. I can let the person who's not as skilled get on with their life and go elsewhere, either internal or external, and bring in that talented person. Amen. So my impatience could play in my favor if I let it. If you let it. Well, so, it's yeah, a virtue. I, yeah, I... Uh. One practice daily, my man. One practice daily. Yeah, so same, let's, same take here. A, let's take a little bit of a breather here for a second. So if somebody's loving what they're hearing, you're, you want to push them to highvelocityhiring.com. There they can find a book you wrote, right? They can start the journey there. Uh, can they also contact you directly if they want to skip right over the book or do you want them to digest the book first? Look, you take your pick. So if you go to highvelocityhiring.com, you'll find the book that came out from McGraw-Hill uh, back in April of this year. 2017. Is it called High Velocity Hiring? High Velocity Hiring, how to hire right. top talent in an instant. All From right. that page, you can springboard to a ton of resources. I'm an avid blogger and podcaster, uh, do a lot of video, tons of resources, also a contact page. So that's there for anybody's use. Make great use of it and get in touch with me if you'd like me to help you and your organization as well. And so when you say help you and your organization, what ultimately, um, not just you specifically, but what helping someone in the hiring process, what are you really helping them with? Like what, 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 what's the win? So let's start with talent wealth. Okay. So the conversation before this one, I was on, on a conversation with an insurance company, a major brand that everybody watching and listening would know. And what we're doing right now is we're measuring their talent wealth. I created something called the talent wealth spectrum. In fact, if you uh, want to drop me an email, uh, it's scott at scottwintrip.com. I'll send you a link to download this talent wealth spectrum. It's free. Because you have to understand that wealth creates future success. I know you know that, Vinny, but most organizations have only measured that in dollars. They haven't measured their talent. So mm. we're in the process of looking at all the departments in this major insurance company to figure out are they talent rich, talent strong, talent stable, or talent poor? Because that tells me exactly how that department's going to perform. It also tells me where we need to shore up talent. If we've got a talent stable department, it's going to rob them of their future riches. We've got to upgrade the talent. We've got to fill the open seats. So this executive team I'm working with, I'm working with the CEO and the COO and some of their minions, and we are working on measuring this in the departments and then strategically making those departments better by increasing their talent wealth. That's often where I start when I work with entrepreneurs and leadership teams is they have to realize and understand that their current talent wealth is going to impact their future corporate wealth as well. I love that. That's really great. And so uh, they have to email you to get the, they, they can't opt into something and get that talent well, wealth? Uh, you know, it's funny you say that. Uh, <clears throat> we've actually, there, there's a, in fact, I, I assume you're going to be putting something out there. We created a bit.ly link to make this easy to download for people. I'll make sure we get that to you because I don't have that one memorized off the top That's of all my right. It's all good. I'm just trying to help you with your automation, man. I want to make sure that we're <laughs> on your page. <laughs> we did automate wants to put link. a little email into a box and get on your emailing list, then we don't have to inundate your inbox just to get this awesome talent wealth spectrum, which Sounds really great. And so what's the score that comes out of that? Like you get a good, bad, or really bad type kind of indicates kind of if you are willing to be honest and transparent, it kind of shoots back like some indicators of what you should be looking at, that kind of idea? Well, let me, let me give something right now. So, you know, a talent-rich uh, company, they excel when they lead. You get four points for that. 
a talent poor company, they're scrambling and struggling. The same thing with departments. You get one point for being talent poor. And then you get two points if your talent's stable, you, you, you labor and compete to get work done. And if your talent's strong, you, you operate and succeed, you get three points for that. So it's a four point system. You add all that up, you divide it by the number of departments, you've got your score as a company. But that score tells us something else. You know, the first thing I need to tackle are my talent poor departments. They're gonna, the, they're gonna bring me down. That's why they get a point, number one, uh, one point. We're gonna go after that first. Yep. That's how simple this system is. So I've got a tangible score about my company, but I've also got ratings for each department as well. Love it. That's really cool. That's awesome. So uh, I would love us to keep, you know, community, if you're loving this, one, go to highvelocityhiring.com. Check this out. But this is the number three reason businesses fail is because yep. you do not invest in the wealth of your team. And this does not mean your payroll has to get bigger. This means just like me, the lead gen expert, you have to have a funnel and a flow. There's got to be people. Have you heard what Scott said? You need people that you're having breakfast with, that you're on Skype with, that you're, you're cultivating relationship with. Then you also need to be doing that internally and filling holes. Like this is an entire funnel. If you want to be talent wealthy, which means you overcome the number three reason for failure in business, I would really encourage you to not only pay attention to this, but get it out to your fellow friends. Share this mm. because this is Scott, this is really good, man. Like more people need to be hearing this message. And what can we do to help you um, not only just share this, but get this out there? Like, what do you want to leave a message with in their ear to what's the, if you look at someone's business, like pay attention to this today. If you don't, I always say, if you don't hear from me again, do this, right? Like what would you, what would you scream at somebody right now in a very nice way? Do this if you do nothing else. Uh, do this. Talk to people about the impacts of an empty seat. Go have that conversation. Go, go talk to your friends. An empty seat is like an open wound, as I said before. Go have a dialogue about how empty seats have held you back as a leader. Mm. Ask them the same thing. How have your empty seats held you back as a leader? You know, Vinny, I'm sure you'd agree with this. Mindset informs process and process leads us to improvement as mm. long as we have the right people. I think you said that well. You know, sometimes having the right people helps make up at least initially for some process failings because those people can improve the process. But look, Absolutely. if you don't have people, you can't improve a process. So we've got to change mindsets out there. Hiring takes longer than ever. We've been hitting historical peaks every year for the last three years. Wait, 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 what is that? Just, I love facts. Like 30.5 working days. 30 days to hire somebody. Working days. Yeah, that's the all-time high in the past 16 years. Think about 16 years ago. We didn't have all the... LinkedIn and resources and job boards and things we have now, but it takes longer than ever. And a lot of people say, oh, you know what it is? It's the talent shortage. No, because there are organizations in, in areas where there's a talent shortage that never have an empty seat. Why? Because they have the right pro mindset that drives the right process to make sure they have the right people at all the time. I actually think this talent thing is an absolute garbage excuse. <laughs> I, I, I really do. Like, yeah. It's a shame because like, you know, my wife and I, we live a relatively healthy lifestyle. We eat a certain way. And when we tell people the way we eat, and you know, we don't eat dairy, we don't eat these certain things. And people will say, well, you know, my stores just don't have that stuff or we can't afford to do those things. It mm. sounds just like when I heard that out of your mouth, like people make up these excuses that I just can't hire because the right, the good people aren't out there. That's a bunch of garbage. They're out there. You know, right. you're just not looking. 
how can you expect, you know, I always say to my wife, how can you expect to have a good relationship in your marriage if you're not working at it? How can you expect to have good people anywhere in this funnel that I'm making up that you said, if you're not working on it, right? You've got to continue to work the funnel. So here's the thing that keeps make, I keep coming back to like, if I'm, I believe as the chief evangelist of my company, my number one role is talent procurement and to continue to, to develop the leadership team. Where the heck do I get the time to do that? Uh, you make the time. So look, uh, I'm going to give you a real simple analogy. I've yet to meet the person who didn't uh, have such a crazy morning and they were so far behind and the alarm didn't go off. I've yet to meet the person who didn't start to head out the door because they were so stressed out and they had forgotten to brush their teeth. Really gross, okay? I don't know how you forget that one, but I, I've yet to meet a person who hasn't done that. I've asked every single one of them, okay, you're running behind. You didn't have time. You really don't have time to go back and brush your teeth. What did you do? You know what they always tell me, Vinny? I always go back and brush my teeth. I said, why? Because it's that important? Because stinky breath is a bad thing. You Just know? the taste on your teeth alone. Yes, exactly. Like, yeah, right. So look, we make time for the priorities. Hmm. We're already running behind and we really don't have time to do it, but we do it anyway. That shows me it's a choice. If it if it's, can be done with something as simple as brushing your teeth. Okay, I had one guy. There's one exception. He said, I just chewed gum in my car. I never wanted to meet that guy face to face again. That's really gross. But, you know, everybody takes time for the important stuff. This is about shifting your schedule. You know, so the way stop we, complaining and do yes, something about it, do right? It. If you, Just you do it. You can't complain yes. about your team unless you're in the game doing something, right? right? I love right. it. Great advice. All right. So, um, boy, I tell you, at our business here at Fully Accountable, I can't tell you, like, everybody comes in for financial and all this stuff, but team is always a mess. It's just Oh, it's always a mess and I, it's because you're not working at it. But I, I think it's an, instead of having an attitude of it being a mess, it's just an ever moving thing and you're just ever moving with it, right? Because people's lives change. I say to our people all the time, it's your career, not mine. Let me help invest in your career as part of our team. And I think if we had that kind of attitude. More entrepreneurs would be not so scared of this process. Um, so it, it's making me think of a couple questions for you. One is, what's the hardest part in your business right now? The hardest part in my business is to get people to change their habits. It was so interesting that you led with that, which is why I start with mindset. Hmm. And I ask them questions. You know, I ask them, you know, why, why is this working or not working for you? What's the payoff and continuing to do it the same way? What would you like to have better? And here's the most important question that helps change mindset. What do you need to stop, start, or continue doing? When they start talking about what they need to stop, start, or continue doing, they're selling themselves on the idea. I'm just asking the questions. So it's about habits. The way I get people to change their habits is talk about what they need, what they want to be better, what they need to be better, and how they're willing to go about it. And they do the self-sell. They talk themselves into it. Yeah, love it, love it. Okay, that's, that's, that's really good. So good questions to help us unearth these bad habits that we have. And I'll tell you, the reason we aren't meeting goals is because we, we, have, we have rooted habits that sabotage our ability to meet those goals. And so I love that you said that. See, I think we're going to be like kindred brothers here pretty quickly. I think we align up on a lot of stuff. Right, so. Switching gears to your operating business, Wintrip, uh, and Wintrip, I'm talking about that. For as the CEO of your business, right? We got to feed the CEOs here a little bit. We like, we want to live and working through your stuff. What's some of the bigger struggles you have in growing your company? What's, what are you working on right now that needs improvement? <clears throat> what needs improvement? Oh man, how much, how long do we have here? <laughs> ah. You know, uh, 
I am a consummate control freak mm. and, and I'm a perfectionist and my impatience, I know I can get it done and get it done right and get it done now or so I think. And I said, I know it, often I think it. Sometimes it is the letting go uh, because I, I, I am good at a number of things. I turned 50 this year and I've been at this for a long time, 18 years as a consultant, 30 plus years in my well, industry. Well, your hair fell off. You're doing great. It's good. Right. Well, I, I've got less to manage there and more time for other things. <laughs> so for me, it's constantly about letting go. You know, me being in front of people like you and having a yeah. conversation, writing my next book, delivering consulting services, changing how the world hires one company at a time. That's what I have to constantly manage. So like, like anybody, I'm always evaluating what's the next right thing for me to do. And again, you, you like questions. I'm always asking myself, what's the next right thing? Mm. Now, not the thing that somebody else in my organization can do, but the thing that I could be doing for somebody else outside the organization is usually the right answer. So I find if I'm always doing the next right thing and asking that question, I keep you know, out of all the things I shouldn't be doing and doing the right things instead. So are you struggling? Because my question was based on what are you struggling with? Is that a struggle for you or are you, that's your solution to the struggle? You, you uh, it is a constant struggle because I am undiagnosed ADD. And okay. uh, the reason I know I'm ADD is when my son was diagnosed with ADD and I sat in the, the psychologist's office and he's talking about my son. I went, check the box, me too. Check the box, me too. Check that. I'm like, oh, who, who, who are we talking about here? My son or me? Exactly, exactly. So it's a constant struggle. You know, my AD serves me well because I can multitask. Well, it's not really multitasking. I can change. You can jump around and be can efficient. My butt as well. It is a constant struggle, Vinny, because the next shiny thing can grab my attention. Oh. That is not my greatest value to the world. My greatest value to the world is doing the next right thing that helps the next right leader with their company. I love. Can we say that again? Just say it right again. So my job is to do the next right thing that helps the next right leader do the next right thing at their company. All right, listen up right now. Every one of you who is leader of a business, we, because we have so many moving parts, I, you know, in my book, I say there are six core areas to a business. And if you're the CEO, you're the puppeteer of all six areas of those business. So we have an inherent ADD in the role that we have. Did you hear what he said to you? The next great thing is the thing you have to do to impact somebody else to move them forward. Did you hear that? Like literally, what's your next thing? Stop letting 17 things distract you if it doesn't run this filter of the next great thing. I, that's great, Scott. I, that's, that's a gift you just gave everybody right there. If you but, like what you're hearing from Scott Wintrip, just go to his site. He wants to send you deep into the archives of that site to high velocity hiring.com. I got that right, Scott. See, look you at did. that. And you did. You'll get his book. He's that's climbing up through Amazon and doing some great things, but he wants to help you actually have a talent wealthy organization. If you have that, all the other indicators start lining up. You fix that problem. You start fixing a lot more problems in your business. Hey, Scott, thanks for being on the show today. This was great. Hope you really uh, enjoyed it. Pleasure, Benny. Enjoyed it very much. So is there anything our community can do for you before we leave? Spread the word. Yeah, we, we give a great gift. Think about it. The most, one of the most important parts of people's lives is their job. And certainly the most important asset is having a talent-rich company filled with people. One of the greatest gifts we give are filled seats where people have a job and organizations have the talent. Faster hiring does that. It makes no sense in this fast-paced world that we hire slowly. So please tell people about my book. You're giving them a great gift when you do. Awesome. 
Scott, you were a great guest today. I really appreciate you. I have a feeling you and I are going to be staying more in contact because of our alignment. Hey, everybody out there, Total CEO, I would highly encourage you not only to re-listen to the show, but have a, a habit of every day investing in your team, whether you're acquiring, maturing, moving on, whatever you're doing, your team needs your attention. You're the chief evangelist. No one else is going to do it if you don't. You can't complain about the president of the United States if you didn't vote. You can't complain about your team if you aren't doing something about it. Have a great day, everybody. Scott, thanks for being on the show, bud. Take care.